Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. The good news brought to us by the Bible is that God saves sinners who turn to him in faith and seek forgiveness and eternal life. It is possible for God to do this because Jesus, the Son of God, came down to our world, became like us except for sin, and atoned for our guilt. He died in the place of sinners. He took our sins upon him. Now, what the Bible reveals to us is that this salvation that God accomplished through Christ is not something that just came about 2,000 years ago as a new idea that God had for our sake, but something that he had purpose from the very beginning. More than 4,000 years ago, when God called the man Abram out of southern Mesopotamia with a promise That promise included the plan of saving all the families of the earth through him. When we come in the book of Galatians to chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is relating the gospel that he preached and others believed, and he himself having come to recognize it through the grace of God, that the gospel is a fulfillment of the promises God had already made to what we call the patriarchs, Abraham, and then after him to Isaac, and then after him to Jacob. The promise or the offer of salvation comes to us in the same manner it went to Abraham himself. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Now, Paul is writing to the Christians in Galatia because the gospel has been corrupted in their midst by some who were fanatical, very zealous for the law of Moses, and probably not just for the law of Moses, but also their ancestral traditions, what became codified later in Judaism in the form of Pharisaism as the Mishnah. So they were zealous for the law, not only as found in the Pentateuch, but also in its elaborations through ancestral traditions. And some such zealots had penetrated groups of Christians with the interest and idea of bringing them all, Gentiles and Jews, who had now turned to Jesus by faith and had become recognized as Christians, back into some form of submission to the law, keeping its regulations, circumcision, a religious calendar, probably dietary regulations. So in discussing all of this, the Apostle Paul tells us that The law is a fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise, that the law of Moses came later. The law of Moses was not given for the purpose of salvation. The law of Moses, he says, was given for transgressions. In a way, it is the law that brings us to a full awareness of our fallenness and inability to be perfect. And then he raises the question, if indeed The blessing of God comes to us through faith and is a provision of the promise God made to Abraham. And then after that, God gave a law through Moses 
what was the purpose of the law and what is more. If the purpose of the law was not for salvation, is that somehow opposed to the promise of God? So we come to the answer to this question in Galatians 3.21, where Paul asks the question rhetorically, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, there are many, even today, who are believers in Jesus. They believe that Jesus came from God. Many of them even believe the biblical teaching that Jesus is by nature God, fully God and fully man, but who also then hold on to some form of law-keeping as the way of salvation. Some explicitly hold to the Old Testament law as something that is required by them to be kept for salvation. Others have created their own substitute for Old Testament law and regulations and call these sacraments and add a measure of works to their salvation. And the epistle to the Galatians is very clear that this understanding or approach to salvation is off base. It is not sound. Salvation is offered through Christ, who did all that was necessary on our behalf. We receive him, and through him we receive eternal life. So if that is the case, what is the design of the law? Is it contrary God's promises? And the Apostle Paul really uh, wants to address why did God in his plan and purpose give the law through Moses? So first of all, he says, it definitely is not something opposed to the promises. It is not something anti-salvation, anti-promise. It is simply the nature of the law, that it was not designed to save people by the keeping thereof. The ultimate problem when it comes to the law in its ability to save is not a fault of the law per se, but it is our fault. By commanding us not to do so many things, not to steal, not to commit adultery, not to covet, not to bear false witness, not to commit murder, those commands in themselves do not empower us to live righteously. I could be advised, you know, all somebody desires with the exhortation, don't be jealous. Don't desire something you don't have. But these admonitions, all they are, although they are valuable in alerting me to the wrongness of those things, do not, by the mere giving of the law, statement of the law, give me power to overcome that weakness. So is the law contrary to the promise of God? Certainly not. Now, if a law were able to give life, then righteousness would be by the law. However, everything is under sin, 
and merely having regulations that tell us that we have broken the law do not give us the ability or capacity to overcome sin. The design of the law then is not contrary to the promise. It works in sympathy with it. It works alongside it to let us see that salvation must come by the free gift of God. The law exposes my own sinfulness. It was given for transgressions in the sense that it shows me that I am a transgressor. The Apostle Paul himself speaks of his experience somewhat in this regard in Romans chapter 7. He had known what coveting is, except that the law said, you shall not covet. And when he saw the law, that law kind of worked in the sin that was in his body to produce in him all manner of coveting. So the law, through its operation, shows us how sinful we are. The law can be summarized, for instance, in these two commandments. We should love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And the second, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And if this is indeed what the law requires of us, who ever has fulfilled the law? None of us has loved the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. None has loved our neighbor as ourselves. In this connection, actually, God's self-revelation in the book of Exodus in chapter 34, when he speaks to Moses, is most informative. The Lord says he is abounding in loving kindness and truth, but he also forgives iniquity and sin and trespasses. He is the one who forgives sin. God reveals himself as the God who forgives sin. The purpose of the law is not, in fact, to forgive sin. It does not remedy the problem of sin. It exposes the problem of sin. It is valuable. It alerts us to the righteous standards of God. It was given with special terms and conditions also to the people of Israel to keep them under the benefit and privilege of many earthly blessings that God had promised them. The law, in fact, reveals the perfect standard of God in many of the commandments that are central to it. Murder is wrong. Theft is wrong. False testimony is wrong. God should be honored above all things. God should not be misrepresented. We should not make a, an image of him. All of these are true and always true. There are some other things in the law which are not meant for all. And this is evident when we study how the law itself operate, operated in Israel. Uh, it had specific requirements of those who were Israelites, and in some regard, it did not impose those things on those who are not Israelites. So there were things in the law that God gave through Moses which were binding only on Israel, but being the law of God, it also contained things that are always true and everywhere true because these proceeded from the character of God. Truth, integrity, honesty, honoring of life that is that is God's gift, all of these come from what God himself is in his character and nature. So the weakness of the law was that it was not empowering. And what God has done through the promise is that when we turn to God, the living God, by faith, seeing Jesus Christ, whom he has sent as a fulfillment of his promises as our Savior, he not only forgives our sin, he gives us his spirit. 
So in verse 20 of Galatians 3, the Apostle Paul tells them, Scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given, might be given to those who believe. When we turn to God by trusting in Christ, the promise of life becomes ours. The blessing God promised through Abraham becomes ours. The ultimate blessing of all, God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit, comes into our life. So Paul asks, is the law contrary to the promise of God? Of course not. It was not meant to replace the promise. It was not a substitute for the promise and was not opposed to the promise. It was something in the interim that both regulated their life and conduct as a people of God and also exposed sin and therefore the need for forgiveness. Forgiveness would be brought to us through the work of the Messiah. He is the descendant of Abraham. He is the one who brings us the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham that through him, the seed of Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.